Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Out of the pen, onto the mound. It's hour number two of Sports Talk coming at you here on News Talk 1400 at 93.9 FM with Evan Kahn. Now, I am Scott Beatty, and we are glad to be riding with you till 6 o'clock. Matt Stevens is joining us a little bit later in the show. He writes for IlliniGuys.com. Lauren Tate and I visited with Robert Rosenthal last hour, and we're glad to have you here for this hour. Plenty of Illini football talk to get to, Mr. Khan, but we also have uh, two Chicago teams last night that beat two Boston teams, and it turned out to be a pretty nice game. I made the mistake of thinking, giving up on the Bears, my bad, but I enjoyed watching the Bulls beat up on the Celtics. Apparently, that was a flip of a script as well in that game, uh, but but the I wonder who's feeling better right now if you took some sort of... Uh, you know, oil stick dip into the average Packers fan or the average Bears fan right now because the Packers are having some problems. Hmm. And Isn't... I would, you know, if you're, a, I would still bet on the history of Aaron Rodgers, but you know, they're they're, I mean, I'm reading things are falling apart, and you know, think you know, they they had a crumble out there in Washington, and now the Bears have probably looked the best that they have. I understand. <laughs> It's all relative, but they've probably looked the best they've looked, certainly under Matt Eberflus this year in their win last night, and and probably, too, how they've looked in the last few years, just in what they ended up doing with five consecutive story, scoring drives and all that. I know the Bears weren't looking too appetizing to you last night, but if you did stay <laughs> to watch it, you actually were rewarded. Yeah, I, I think I saw a, a bad Bears team beat an even worse Patriots team. Which is a weird thing to hear so, somebody say. Well, yeah, and and I don't know if it's players, if it's coaches or, or what, but yeah, things are, are not going well in, in New England. And I've heard that the, the last couple weeks, you know, New England still gets these huge lines. They went in as like nine-point favorites last night. It's like Vegas still thinks Tom Brady's their quarterback and Bill Belichick still got the, the fire that he once did. It, it all, it, it's relative. It depends on, on how you look at things. If you're a positive Packers fan, you look and you see all of the success that Aaron Rodgers has had and how terrible the rest of the North is so that you, you can they can figure it out or if you're pessimistic you look at, at them just kind of the last two weeks looking like a, a shell of themselves really the, the game against the Bears was probably their best one and that's what Aaron Rodgers does is <sighs> he, he owns you he shows up for two nights out of the year and that's about it and he, he flexes well he is fans. a back-to-back MVP he but is. This year, right? he's got the same number of NFC championships as Rex Grossman too so <laughs> it but uh, the Bears, you know, I, I, Look, I, you dishing it out. I think, I think. Well, this is what I get. I was watching the the Manning cast last night, and Bill Burr, you know, uh, love him, hate him. I, I, I 
find him entertaining his line about how do you feel about a bunch of out of shape people critiquing your play that was hilarious oh, yeah. but uh no I I think the Bears finally had a good game plan you've got a quarterback that can run so hey let's design some quarterback runs and they found some success with that and it looked all good and I almost thought they you think back to that opening week the Bears and the Niners played the day game and then the Cubs and the Giants played that night but you can't really go and watch a football game and a a basketball game in two different cities so there was no scheduling idea behind that last night but Bulls already have more wins over the top teams in the east than they did all of last year so that's a that's one way that that you can look at it and Io is is a boss and Celtics were getting all kinds of people ejected out of games out of the game last night. Lost their head coach, lost another player. You're not supposed to bump an official, you know. It's kind of a thing. <laughs> well, it depends on who you are. Some oh, some yeah. get away with it, some don't. That's true. It's Stacey King mentioned that on the broadcast. Like there are some not so much of the bumping part, but just there's leeway when you're a rookie or a young player. No. Yeah. So, but you also you just have to know. Mm-hmm. You just you, you just have to know. So it was a good night for Chicago teams last night. <laughs> I had some bullet, more bullets to fire, but we're going to be nice to our friend Matt Stevens. <laughs> he's he's gonna, he's going to join us here in a little bit to talk some Illinois football and beyond. But uh, speaking of television, Jim Nance going to call his final final four this year, and in that Jim Nance way, trying to make it a storybook because it's in Houston. <laughs> He went to the University of Houston. So you know what this means, right? One of two things. Illinois is going to win it all. Houston's going to win it all. And remember, Scott Ritchie had the, has them number one preseason. Uh, Not a bad pick. Yeah. And, and Or, you know, Illinois gets Jim Nance's final, final four, right? That's it. just there's only two ways this thing goes based on that. The guy is still going to come back and do the ceremonies. Like the trophy presentations I read. Like he's not going to do the broadcast, but he's... <laughs> I just want you all to know I am still relevant. I could be here if I wanted to, so I'm still doing the trophy presentation. Only show up for the championship. You guys can figure it out. uh, No, no, not the championship game. Right, right. Just the trophy. Right, so like the very end of the championship game. I can give you an hour in March. That's about all I got. Can I go get ready for the Masters? (laughs) Yeah, or or some celebrity pro-am in November. No, he's he's at a point in his career where he can pick and choose which he, he wants to call. He's done Final Fours. He's done Masters. He's done Super Bowls. You know, he's he's done it all. And yeah, it sounds like he just wants to scale back his schedule a little bit. And he's got young kids, and he's into his sixties. And so that's why I think he had a second marriage or something, and has um, elementary age children. He said so he needs to cut back on his travel and not miss the the important time there with with the kids, which I totally understand. And again, when you make network television, play by play. Money you probably can't afford to scale back if you want, uh, maybe sell off one of your homes or something if you really need to. So God well, bless Jim Vance. He, he's an elite. He's he's elite. Oh well, yeah, yeah. That's what I was gonna say. I mean, these national guys, as you talk about Kirk Herbstreet. I mean, there's only like four or five guys that get to work every single weekend, and Jim Nance is one of them. So if he wants to take three week- weekends off in March, I, I can't fault him. I almost gave you a shout out on Twitter. Somebody noted that Illinois will have uh, something going on athletically now. I think between football and basketball now for the next 21 weekends. And uh, I said you probably know that better because of the other half of your job. 
Uh, my, so both I. halves of my job. What are you well, talking well, about? Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, you're right, right. right my right. whole job is around Illinois sports. <laughs> and so is mine. <laughs> but uh, so the crossover season begins. Friday night is the exhibition for Illinois men's basketball against Quincy. Saturday, of course, Illinois football against Nebraska. So buckle up. Here we go. It's crossover season. And arguably the most exciting one of my memorable lifetime, going back to, to the 01 season, really, we were talking about this on The Notebook on Friday with Brian, the the football success has kind of snuck up on us, but really the, the overlap of both teams being successful just doesn't really happen a, a whole lot and maybe once the seasons start overlapping you'll see some of that carry over you'll see more fans for the Michigan State and the Purdue games and they'll sell out every game at the State Farm Center you you know that uh, no doubt and just keep building it on, on through but it's uh it's an exciting it's just a, a years time. past it, it would kind of be this is this is a lot of it would be a lot of basketball ramp up talk oh, yeah. and and there's just not enough space and time to do both right now and i think football's in season it is rightfully getting what it should be getting given its success but it just it's felt like oh yeah this is a i almost see if you have to remember this is a basketball team that won the big 10 last year that is ranked coming into this year and has a lot of talent on it and there's there's questions about you know how it'll look and how will it all play out but but you know it's just your brain's only got so much space sometimes. <laughs> well, and they they haven't played right. We we yeah. we did this song and dance for about a month leading up to football. It's like okay, you know, we've kind of exhausted every outlet possible. Can we just get these games going? And, and uh, outside of the Luke Goody injury, we you know we had media day a couple weeks ago. We had Big Ten media day a, a couple weeks ago. So all of that's kind of out of the way. So let's just get some action on the court that we can talk about. Yeah, that's one. And this will be an. Action exhibition game that will i think draw a little more curiosity for that reason oh, yeah. what what does everything look like it's not a question of a win or loss but just okay how what do the combinations look like how does this guy play how do they play with each other what are those types of things and even then the exhibition doesn't can't tell you everything because you, you know the the the, the gap between the two teams is pretty significant, and they don't want to show everything. Mm-hmm. But there's all yeah, there's always storylines going in, going out. Thinking of last year, you know, Crabello was out with the concussion, and then that was you know kind of a, a season long thing uh, coming out of it. So we'll we'll see what comes of Friday's game. All right, Matt Stevens coming in here for us on Sports Talk. We're glad you are with us, and we'll be back after this. Hey, Illini family, it's Brad Underwood. We'll see you Friday at the State Farm Center. Listen in right here on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM. Glad you're with us on Sports Talk, News Talk 1400, 93.9 FM. Matt Stevens is a reporter at IlliniGuys.com. He is with us here in studio as well, talking some Illini football. I am very tempted, Matt, to just go right into thoughts on this Illinois-Nebraska game. But if I do that, I don't know that. There it is. It's and Did you hear it come in? We've been waiting. For, I couldn't remember which bumper has gets interrupted. Sorry about that. That's all right. <laughs> NY Lips. Soul Wax. It's one. It's a banger. 
I, I don't want to get distracted about recruiting and, and the momentum that's sort of uh, picked up okay. for, for Brett Bielma uh, here in the last 10 days. Sure. Maybe it was picked up and we're just all seeing it now, but I, I can't imagine that 6-1 and one hurts things when you go into a bye week and go into some living rooms. No, it hasn't. I think there's been a pretty, uh, I would say, pot- locally popular decommitment that happened during the bye week. Are you speaking of Malik Elzey? I am. Yeah. And, and there's, Simeon wide receiver? There's a... There, that's that's the result of Illinois continually recruiting somebody who still is verbally committed to somewhere, and um, you know I've I've had conversations with the staff that Brett Bielema had, was was present at at least one of his games during this year, if not multiple, um, over at Simeon, and that's made a difference. And, and when I talk to you know another uncommitted player, Jair Hill over at, at Kankakee, he, he's made a point of emphasis that you know the Illinois staff has just recruited me better. You know, Michigan is a better program historically, but Illinois has recruited me better. Uh, that's the direct quote from him that I got ap- after a Kankakee game um, where Ryan Walters is standing on the sideline and then suddenly Brett Bielema gets, you know, driven to <laughs> damn near on, on like his car almost to the field at Kankakee and shows up. So there's been a lot of momentum. There's been a lot of – they've had the opportunity to go into the JC world, the junior college world, and, and, and pick up some momentum that way um, and – I think they're going to have a lot of late momentum in this 2023 recruiting class heading into early signing period in November. So does that all mean like there's no reason to expect a fall off next year? Maybe there's no reason to expect (laughs) a a continuation either. I don't know. But, you know, nobody nobody is saying brace for impact, right? Right. I think that's what a lot of people were saying this past offseason, right? Where all the super seniors leave and, oh, my God, what are we going to do, right? And... I don't know. I guess I was the guy that was kind of saying, you guys realize all these super seniors did was kind of lose, right? Like, And, and when you're trying to build a culture and you're trying to build a program, you want kids that don't have all of those scars, you know, and, you know, emotional and historical. And um, I think that's what you're getting out of this team. Uh, it, it, this fan base is interesting to me because in the sense of, I think there's recruiting momentum in football and then a lot of people try to use the basketball mentality of, oh, God, that means we're going to be good next year, too. And I'm like, wait a minute. These kids aren't going to play next year if, if Illinois is really good. You know, like you want these kids to sit for a year or maybe two, you know. And and so I don't know what, what I know you tell. want to. Can you afford to? I think so. And, I, and, and I, I've said that like, like, for instance, and I've, I've already said his name, but Malik Elzey somehow commits and signs with Illinois, right? I'm not entirely sure that he gets a boatload of playing time next year as a true freshman, you know, and I think that might be a better indication of what we think of the wide receivers now than we did, say, in July, right? (laughs) And so I think that's a really good thing. I think if you're a really good program like Illinois wants to be, you're you're really, really good recruits are still like, like Keegan Fagan, who I wouldn't think out of Arthur, I wouldn't suspect that he's going to get instant playing time as a true freshman. You wouldn't want him to have that. No. And so I think if Illinois continues this type of momentum, um, I think the the instant impact that you're going to see out of this recruiting class is junior college transfers. And then after the early signing period, when Illinois is, say, in bowl season, you're going to look at the portal and go, can we do something there? Because that will impact how Illinois can maybe patch some holes with guys that are leaving you know, after this year, whether it's for NFL draft purposes or simply their eligibility has run out. Is Illinois starting quarterback on this roster next year? I am assuming that Tommy DeVito has no eligibility and cannot play next year. Okay. 
uh, and I agree with you. I've got no indication that Tommy will be back for right. as a 25-year-old, yeah. for 2023. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, I, a lot of the people on the boards at Illini Guys who are our loyal subscribers have liked t- to tell me the answer needs to be no. I have gotten no indication that this staff is not confident in a third-year Art Sikowski being able to productively lead Illinois through football games as a as a game manager, okay? But if there's another Tommy DeVito that's out there in the portal world, this staff will look at it and, and try to bring him on campus just like they did last year for no other reason than what happened to you know Tommy DeVito in the Iowa game. You're going to need more than one because you're seeing it all around college football, folks. There are a lot of teams in Power 5 conferences that would love to have an Art Sitkowski right now. I, and, and I know that's hard to believe, but going down the list, Devin Leary's never going to probably play for NC State ever again. They would kill to have Art Sitkowski right now because they have a huge hole at quarterback, and I don't know if they're going to win another football game. Like, yeah. uh, And so you keep going through the list of, of when quarterbacks go down. Um, Art Sitkowski would be able to play at a lot of different places. Now, does that mean Art Sitkowski – kind of looks at the portal and goes, gee, where could I go play somewhere else? I don't know the answer to that, but I do know that this staff, including Barry Lenny Jr. and Brett Bielema, all up and down have a lot of confidence in Art in his ability to, one, know the playbook and have chemistry. We, we talk about the portal a lot. I don't mean to get on a tangent, but chemistry, when you, try, when you bring so many guys into the portal, is almost impossible, right? And you want to have that, that chemistry and you want to have that – that 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 cluster of okay we know the offense it can just roll we can just roll with it in early September that's why you see so I, I think so sloppy and bad football in early September you got all these guys out of the portal trying to find chemistry and find how to play with each other and I think it takes until at least October or even maybe early November to see really really good solid football in, in college because everybody is moving place to place Matt Stevens joining us here on Sports Talk. Yeah, as we look at this recruiting class today, maybe it was yesterday they got a, a an edge commitment, mm-hmm. and over the weekend they got a defensive back commitment, and then you go and you, you scroll the recruiting pages, and there's a lot of defensive backs, and there's a lot of edges in this class. Do you, do you think that was by design to, to bring in a big wave of those guys? And how much does it have to do with guys that could be leaving in the next couple of years? Uh, I don't know about edge. But I do know, like, for instance, Alex Bray, who you're referencing, who just committed to Illinois out of Marquette High School, I think, in Chesterfield, the suburb of St. Louis. It's my indication, because Terrence Jameson is his primary contact in recruiting, that he might actually end up being a defensive end and not an, uh-huh. and not an edge, not an outside guy. And the only reason I feel that way is because, um, you know, Alex has, throughout his entire high school career at Marquette, who's, I think they're eight and one, and it's like 5A or football in, in Missouri, and it's, it's pretty high level mm-hmm. football. And, and, you know, that's the suburban, you know, Marquette is a suburban private school kind of in the same area as Chaminade and all those kind of schools mm-hmm. in the suburban St. Louis area. Anyway, he's, had, he's done nothing in his high school career but have his hand in the ground. Mm-hmm. Okay. So to, to transition him, out of getting out of a three-point stance. For instance, Pat Farrell over at St. Rita in Chicago, he's done nothing but be in a sprinter stance and, and be in a two-point stance when he plays at St. Rita. And and so I, and Kevin Kane is the one that's kind of been taking over his recruitment. So I think he'll end up being a defensive lineman that just kind of blows up from what, what he is now at 250 to maybe a 285, 290 once he gets ready to play, you know, which, again, will be, will be about two years, mm-hmm. right? Because – 
You don't want him just getting physically manhandled. This is not Johnny Newton and Keith Randolph coming on campus and you go, oh my God, I think they could actually contribute right away. Um, this kid's going to be a project for, for, for J-Mo, but I think it's one that you take because one, I think he can get here maybe early in the spring. I don't know that, but it's possible. And two, I think it's I think there's, there's workable clay there that says, hey, we need bodies at that position group anyway, so we go ahead and take him. And how much, like you, you said, oh, with the, the transfer portal, do do you think they're going to be looking for best player available for, for upgrades versus, like you said, looking at, at the roster, the guys that you have, maybe some playing time that you've promised, and, and maybe just kind of roll with what you have? I give this Illinois staff a lot of credit. Um, they've they've identified the idea that I believe in, which is you, you don't, you, you don't do anything but find starters out of the portal. Because the minute that you take a kid out of the portal and he's not playing, that's that's almost a, dem, a red red check demeric to your program of we don't we don't keep our promises or we don't you know take you know we don't do what we're supposed to do with kids like take take the Nebraska quarterback situation as we head into this weekend you know there's a kid that you know there was a battle out of two transfer portal quarterbacks I never understood how Scott Frost was going to make that work because somebody wasn't going to play mm-hmm. and. Brock, you know, Brock Purdy's little brother is not playing. You know, Chubba Purdy's not playing. And guess what? Chubba Purdy's going to play somewhere else next year. Mm-hmm. And that tells me that if if anybody were to ask that program or that high school coach or that, you know, you know independent quarterback coach that, say, Chubba Purdy has, they're going to say, no, don't go there because, you know, they'll just recruit over you or in your same class and then you get screwed, right? So um, Illinois does a really, really good job of when it's Tommy DeVito, whether it's, um, you know, T. Rye Edwards, who was hurt out of camp, was, was going to get significant playing time if he wasn't hurt, and now is getting that playing time. They, they are pretty honest with the kids that they're recruiting out of the portal because it's a pretty adult conversation. And they say, hey, look, we think that you can play this, and we think that your role should be this. And if you're cool with that, we would love to have you. And I think they've done a really, really good job with that out of the portal. Brett Bielma, to me, has adapted very well into this new world of recruiting. Mm-hmm. Some of it's the same as it's always been, but some of it is radically different than the last time he coached college, which wasn't that long ago. And I think there's something in his DNA that just likes the hustle, uh, the 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 salesmanship, if you will, of it, uh, where he has seemed to go, I, I, I can work a portal, I can work uh, high school recruiting, I know how to develop, um, and I know how to, how to take players who have talent and let them shine and, and put them in schemes that are going to let them succeed. It's pretty remarkable what he building, and I, I wonder if he's going to start catching some of his peers here in the Big Ten in terms of recruiting. I would think so. Um, I know that they've already started to get a head start on the 24 kids, um, and I think that's a really good thing for Illinois to do because if you can get in on kids really, really early, like a Kagan Fagan, um, you have a better chance of putting them in your, in your recruiting class and getting them banked. Uh, two elements to that, Scott. And I, I see the same thing out of Brett Bielema. One is is that, I, and I hate, to, I mean, I hate to see, as corny as this might sound, he has a marketing degree from the University of Iowa, and I think that that pays off in this kind of world of college football that we're in. And two, I think he benefited from his NFL experience, mm-hmm. in which you're having an adult conversation about somebody's role and what you're going to be doing at this at this program, because I think college football is becoming more and more professionalized with these players each and every day and each and every year. Brett Bielema is able to have a professional conversation with these guys that I think that they appreciate more than, say, you know, a, a rah-rah, you know, guy full of shtick. 
And I don't think that that's what Brett Bielema wants this program to be about. And I don't think that it ever will be about that. I think, trust me, he does enough on social media that I think that's the marketing side of it. But when you're talking about player development and you're talking about how to go win on, win games in the fall on Saturdays, that's a mixture of his experience going back when at Wisconsin and Arkansas, but also his experience with Bill Belichick and and his his a couple years in the NFL. Stars, to me, have never mattered about individual players in terms of being prospect, but collectively, Ohio mm-hmm. State and Alabama and the others, they get the most four- and five-star recruits. Does Correct. Illinois need to start getting more and more of those, or is there a pathway of just get the guys you want, stars, stars be darned? I am not the latter. Uh, I, it is not lost on me that if you go look at the, and I'll just, I'll mention a competitor because we don't have a database. Okay. I heard a line I guys, but we do cover recruiting, but my friends over at two, four, seven have the composite ranking of everybody's roster compared to what you were in high school stars wise and what you were ranked. Right. It is not lost on me that usually the four teams that make the playoff are somewhere around like the top eight of that roster of those roster rankings. Okay. Um, you know, Ari Wasserman at The Athletic has made a total career out of Stars Matter, okay? And I do believe that. As a collective whole, as you build your entire 85 scholarship, 110 roster player, you know, program, you need a collective unit of talent that is overwhelming, okay? Um, but I think Brett Bielema has done a really, really good job of identifying kids that are under-recruited and making them productive members of what he's building right now at, at Illinois. Matthew Bailey is a perfect example. There are other players that you're not seeing right now that I think you will see later on. Joey Okla is an example um, of somebody who I think is going to start and play a lot on this offensive line. Um, in previous administrations, you would point to like a Doug Kramer as somebody that would go, okay, yeah, Doug didn't have a whole lot of stars by his name when he showed up at Illinois and he got drafted into the NFL. So there's two schools of thought there, but I do think there is a point where this Illinois staff is going to have to pivot and win more recruiting battles with four with four star, for four star kids. Um, and and I, the the one thing I think that I struggle with, and I know that the staff struggles with, is that um, in the Midwest, I don't know. This is this is you know a little bit political, but in the Midwest now, it is really really hard to find defensive linemen that are high level kids that can play at, at, at in like a year and a half um mm-hmm. out, out of the midwest it's easier to find them in the south and yeah. in the west um that is the bugaboo for this illinois staff right now is they're trying to find guys that they think in 2024 and in 2025 can help them out on the defensive line and and, and they're, they're still trying to find some bodies that they feel like can because they've missed on a couple in this 23 class Come back with Matt Stevens, IlliniGuys.com. Get your thoughts on Illinois and Nebraska and maybe what's to come in this season. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, Illini family. It's Brett Bielma. Every Fighting Illini football game is right here on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM and on the News Gazette app. Carrying on here on Sports Talk with Matt Stevens from IlliniGuys.com. I'm Scott Beatty and Evan Kahn. So headed into this weekend, 
going out to Nebraska to face the Cornhuskers. Looking at, at this past weekend, there was a, a lot of mismatches, right? Sure. Iowa going to Ohio State, probably not much of a, a, a chance there. When that's your big noon kickoff, you know it's not going to be a great slate. <laughs> yeah, but a majority of home teams won last week. Okay. Am I making too much of that? Is Illinois possibly walking into a, a trap this Saturday at Nebraska? Yeah, if they don't play well. I mean, I, I think we all saw in Bloomington, Indiana, that if they don't play well and they turn the ball over, you know, they can get nipped by pretty much anybody in this league. And, and I think the good news is, is I think the guys in orange and blue that are going to wear those uniforms, they understand that. There's not a mystical, hey, we're undefeated. This isn't like Ole Miss going to LSU and thinking, you know, we can just walk through Death Valley because we're Ole Miss and we're undefeated. Um, this Illinois team has a scar that can remind them, you know, if we try to sleepwalk through this this game in, in Lincoln, Nebraska, guess what? One, it's going to be a sellout crowd because Nebraska always has a sellout crowd longer than I've been alive. Um, and two, they have good players. And the reason Scott Frost is no longer employed there is because, yes, they have good players. And they probably should have been playing at a level that was more than what they were doing in early September. So um, This was yeah. a team that was – thought by some to contend for the title yeah the division title and every year that scott frost has been there that's that's been the (laughs) case but i get what you're you're saying um where where i like illinois not that you guys asked but where i like illinois a lot in this matchup basically is i don't know if you guys have heard but nebraska's run defense is really bad (laughs) like really really bad and i I, if last time i checked illinois has still has the nation's leading rusher and a pretty decent offensive line that is starting to come into form you know, to to block for Chase Brown, and I I, I think that Tommy DeVito is going to have a nice running attack in front of him in order to to get some of that play action out out there. I think Illinois is going to be able to, you know, and and I think Lauren put this really well in the earlier segment. Illinois, I think, is going to be able to walk the ball all the way up and down the field. Some of the things that I'm going to talk about here on the line I guys later on this week is can they turn those yards into points? Mm-hmm. Because I don't like I, I look. Guys, I've looked at it. The last nine times Illinois has been in the red zone, they've scored one touchdown. Right? <laughs> that's that's a receipt that's going to come back to bite you real quick against a, against a Nebraska or against a Michigan State at home or a Purdue at home if you don't start converting in those into touchdowns. And so, um, the good news is I don't think Illinois has seen a run defense this this poor wow. for a long, long time. And, and the black shirts is not there anymore. Like, and <laughs> and and I'm telling you, if Chase Brown gets going. That is a that's great news for Tommy DeVito. It's great news for Isaiah Williams, and it's probably good news for for a lot of other targets in the pass game, because Nebraska has been proven that if their defense gets kind of you know shaky and their eye you know their eye discipline gets really really bad, they can have what happened with Oklahoma real real mm-hmm. quick. So I think I think that's where Illinois you know is bread is going to be buttered here in Lincoln on Saturday. Who who gets Trey Palmer? Uh, that's the interest intricacies of of Ryan Walters' defense, right? I, I, you would think it'd be Devin Witherspoon all day long, right? But I think if Trey uh, Mark Whipple does a really their offensive coordinator at Nebraska does a really really good job. Last year he was the offensive coordinator for Kenny Pickett at Pitt. Um, does a really good job of putting his best players in positions all over the field, and and does it does did that a lot with. Um, I can't remember his name, but he's uh, Jordan Addison, yes. um, and who's at now at Southern Cal. Mm-hmm. Um, did that a lot, where he would be in the slot, he'd be on the outside, he, he you know he'd be in motion, all those types of things. Whipple does a really good job with that. 
I think Ryan Walters has three guys. You know, if it's not Witherspoon, it's Taz Nicholson. If it's not Taz Nicholson, you know, it's uh, you know, it's Quan Martin. Three guys that if they lined up with him, he feels I can still play man. And you know what? You may beat me a couple of times, but I don't. I think I can get to uh, the Nebraska quarterback before you can get the ball to Trey Palmer. And I think that's the bet that Ryan Palmer is going to make on a pretty consistent basis on Saturday. Matt Stevens from IlliniGuys.com. Uh, Illinois is the better team. Uh, and We were just thinking that next week college football playoff rankings are going to come out, and, and, and Illinois should be in those rankings. Now, they, how many do they reveal, 16 or 25? 25. Yeah, yeah, Illinois will be in those rankings. For the first time in school history. And and I'm not here to say Illinois is going to go to the college football playoff. Okay. But I, am here, I guess it's – it's not mathematically impossible by any cha- by any chance. The guess you means. had last last hour has has already pointed out, rightfully so. If Illinois wins out their last six, they have a shot. Yeah, I mean, a lot of teams. There's right. a lot of one loss teams right now sure. that are still going. Hey, we got a shot. Mm-hmm. Six games to go. <laughs> That's <laughs> a lot of football. <laughs> yep. All I'm saying is that will be something for this program to say we're in that conversation that like people who talk about the college football playoff are going to mention us here's where i will say usually that show is a big ball of nothing because (laughs) no kidding like a big ball of nothing here's why it's not if locally if you're illinois it's really really important because guess what that show has never revealed your logo and your name ever (laughs) And for that week, it's really, really important. If you keep winning in your Illinois and you continue to get your name revealed in that show, it will continue to be a 60-minute big ball of nothing because ESPN needs to put a one-block hour out, out there in the middle of November because we have nothing else to put out there. But <laughs> I will have nothing November, to do with these 1st, sports programs that just fill time. Exactly right. But for <laughs> November 1st, it is a big freaking deal for the University of Illinois, its athletic department, and the football program. Oh, that is a cow waiting to be milked, that's for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, but it, Illinois could very well be in the Big Ten Championship on December 3rd, and that is now some people's uh, viewpoint that they will be, you know, with, with a lot of football left, Evan. You're right. I think you treat this as a round-robin semifinal game. If you beat Nebraska, you have a really, really good chance two weeks later to play Purdue for what will be the Big Ten West Championship. Yeah, they could like, clinch it then. And then at that point... Um, but you got to get through this game in, in Lincoln before you make that game on November twelfth. I think matter, you know. And oh so, yeah. And so, but but it's it's <laughs> cliches are cliches for a reason. <laughs> it's been real funny to me that every game so far over the last I would we say like three or four have been the most important game of the Brett mm-hmm. Bielema era, right? Yeah. I don't know if this one qualifies as much as say the Minnesota game two weeks ago, but you've got a game that's important if it's not the most important it's important and then two weeks two weeks from now you'll have the most important game of the brett bielema era Uh, you win that one then you're going to ann arbor for guess what the most important game of the brett bielema era because then you're if you win that one even if you lose the game in indy maybe you're still playing it in year six well and that and that's brett bielema's whole point that's what he's been harping you know all year it's that for most programs, for successful programs, every game is important. Right? Sure. When you're losing, sh- these games aren't important because you're just trying to get to the end of the year. When so. you're losing, I mean, we all know it. When you're losing at Illinois, guess what? How long have we done? I mean, I've been on for how long now, Scott? And like, have we mentioned basketball once? Like, oh, yeah. so 
And I'm not downplaying basketball. Like Brad Underwood knows I, I love him to death, and I think that they're going to have a really, really good year. But in in the middle of October and at the end of October, there's a lot of programs around the country that are, are kind of missing the idea that basketball is starting in like 13 days right now. And I think Illinois is one of those programs right now. Mm-hmm. Pretty special time mm-hmm. right now that we're – we're living in savor it all and i totally get you know if you're wearing the orange and blue jersey all you can think about right now is nebraska that's all you gotta think all you should be thinking yes Mm -hmm. but it is very maybe it's because just this program hasn't been around here in a while the what if scenarios right now because you win that one scott and you can start thinking about a whole bunch of other things right you lose that one Boy, there's that, a, still a lot on the table. There's still though. a lot on the table, but boy, have you put yourself in a spot. Mm-hmm. But the, 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 to me, go ahead. The, 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 keep dreaming big and and win everything in front of you. The worst case scenario would be just some sort of nosedive, and I just don't see that happening. But if if for some reason this team finished uh, six and six or seven and five, now people are going to feel like that's disappointing. But really, when you zoom out, Illinois has put the ball so much further down the field from where they were a year ago and from where they were for sure for two years ago. You know, th- this season's already a win, but that's not a, okay, just stop there thing. No, it's you want to, like, I mean, like for the first time in how long you, you get, maybe on January 2nd, you could be playing yeah. a football game that, right. that you care about, right? And yeah. And so that's, all, that's all I'm saying is, is save for some sort of colossal nosedive mm-hmm. when it's all said and done. Whether it ends up being eight and four and and then a bowl game or nine and three or ten and two sure. or eleven and one, if you want to drink, you know this season will be by all accounts a success. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think it's. I think there's no doubt about that. For for all of the reasons that have already happened, you have made progress in year two under Brett Bielema, and I think that that's important. Matt Stevens, IlliniGuys.com, always fun to hang out. We'll be back in a moment to finish out the show. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Hi, this is Colin Likas. Join us Wednesday for the Pro Prep Football Confidential Show, powered by the U of I Army ROTC, live at 6 p.m. on our sister station, Light Rock 97.5. Yeah, a reminder that volleyball with us tomorrow at 545. So we'll be out a little early tomorrow, and that means Prep Confidential on the other side, as well as the Brett Bielma Show at Papa Dell's tomorrow as well. Kendall Smith among the guests along with the coach tomorrow night. Uh, but we'll be well. Kendall Smith among the guests along with the coach tomorrow night. Uh, but we'll be with you till 545 tomorrow. And Sean Callahan from Husker Online will be with us to get us a little bit more look at the Huskers from their side of the ball. Evan Kahn, what's what's on the plate tonight? Is it Taco Tuesday? It could be. It's more like finally get Fresno to the the national championship. Probably, I got to figure out something for for dinner. But uh, I, I'm excited for tomorrow. It, like Robert was talking about, I don't know exactly how this Big Ten football schedule for next year is going to shake out. But the thought of the last year of the Big Ten as we know it, and they could do something crazy. Uh, I, I want to see how it shakes out. I really think Ohio State's going to be on the schedule. I have no foreknowledge of this. I, oh, just, I, I think they will be. It's going to be Ohio State. It's going to be Michigan. It's going to be Penn State. I mean, they're just going to they're just going to give Bielema the gauntlet, <laughs> and, well, then he, and then he's going to go take the Reaper to all of those doors like he's done this year. When the man comes around, <laughs> we'll come around again tomorrow at four. Thanks to all our guests. Thank you, Ed Bond, as well. News Talk fourteen hundred ninety three nine FM WD.